0: Dan here with the Around the NFL podcast. Before we get going today, I want to tell you about FanDuel. The NFL
1: season isn't over yet. If your season-long fantasy football league just isn't cutting it, get your mojo back at FanDuel.com and pick a new team every week. So put your true fantasy football skills to the test. And by the way, you can win real money. Joe Watson from New York. no known- as Joey Watts played fantasy football on FanDuel for less than two weeks last season and won over $30,000. Join him and the hundreds of thousands of other users who have already won money. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use our code AROUND and sign up up below. New user special. It's ending soon. FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar up to 200 bucks. That's $200 free. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use our code AROUND. Don't forget to use our code AROUND. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. That's FanDuel. Sign up today. The Around the NFL podcast is on to Cincinnati. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan.
2: I would never go to Cincinnati.
3: Well, that intro is true for one of us.
1: What?
2: You are going to Cincinnati on Tuesday. I think
3: it was referring more to next week's Sunday night football game. We we learned tonight Steelers-Bengals to decide Mm. the AFC
1: North. Game dropper, I should say.
3: Well, they just announced it.
1: Very good. Yeah, that is the showdown. And, Wes, you are in a great position, but also you said you're a little – you kind of you're torn a little bit because you get a, a, the opportunity to watch Andy Dalton fail in primetime twice in a row. But if that were to happen, you don't get to see your holiday. Yeah, I mean, I would
4: love to see nothing puts a bounce in my step like Andy Dalton flunking on primetime television. But it, that would ruin my favorite holiday of the year if the Bengals didn't make it to the playoffs. What? How?
1: Oh, Christmas? No, no. that
4: the Bengals losing on the first Saturday of the postseason.
1: No, there's nothing personal about Wessa uh, moving away from the Bengals. It, 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 he doesn't, you take joy out of the Bengals losing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, you say you don't root for lover. anyone, but you root for whatever team's playing the Bengals. Right. My
4: favorite team in the NFL is the Bengals' opponent.
1: That was like one of my wor- <laughs> my least favorite, uh, like, 80s T-shirts. You would see where I grew up and be like, I got two favorite teams, the Mets and whoever's playing the Yankees. It's like, whatever, shirt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, big Sunday show. Big, big Sunday show. A lot of games to get to. Um, 13, in fact, including two Saturday games. We're not going to forget those because uh, they were fun games to watch. But we need to start in a place where maybe we didn't think at week 16 we'd be talking about this team first, but we got it. The Dallas Cowboys, Mm. who behind a near perfect day from Tony Romo, the Dallas Cowboys clinched the NFC East title with a 42-7 blowout victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Dallas had a 28-0 lead at halftime. Never looked back. They improved to 11-4. And, of course, win the East because the Eagles lost on Saturday. Chris Wessling, there was no December fade for Dallas this year.
4: No, this was never a game. As soon as uh, Dewey McDonald dropped a fake Dewey dropped a fake punt attempt that left the Cowboys deep in the Colts' territory, next play goes to Des Bryant for a touchdown. It's 14-0. The Colts just... Pulled up their tents after that. It was over.
2: Am I the only person that has never heard of Dewey McDonald and had no idea that this was a human being? I worked with today? him
3: at CGI Fridays, I believe, in two thousand. Oh well,
2: forgive me. I'm I
1: surprised. thought he was
3: part of Ducktales. He was a defensive back. I mean, it's amazing how this game wasn't even competitive. How many big games this year have been like this? Either the four twenty-five slot or a primetime game, and these are two playoff teams facing off, but and it was, it was over. Matt not- Hasselbeck had as many throws as Andrew Luck. How am I supposed to take the Colts seriously? And I know they didn't have T.Y. Hilton and, and all that, but
1: and maybe they didn't need the game as much, but they, it was an important game for them. And to just put their tail between their legs and get embarrassed, get demolished, again, we talked about this on Thursday's show, any time they faced a the team that was halfway decent this season, they got waxed, and this hammers at home. This team smells one and done to me in the playoffs.
2: I know last night I texted you guys and said in our picks thing, I am moving away from the Colts. You did change your pick. T. Y. Hilton is not on the field, and I got a lot of razzing from that, saying, you know, <laughs> right, that that lacks that, courage. You know what it was? I changed mine too. No, you did too, but I'm, somehow you escaped the <laughs> well, some- the brouhaha. <laughs> but I was getting taken it on, on, on. I don't think they well, lost. Well, no one cares of T.Y. about Wes's picks, right? If, if T. Y. Hilton was there, you think they would have won this game? They I d- don't think so. But here's this, this game. I think did it get out of hand? They're down twenty-one nothing, fifteen minutes into the affair.
4: Here is one takeaway that I have. The I like Colts, that you called it an affair, by the way. The Colts the can place. look at the other sideline to find a model of what they should be. Mm. Tony Romo was criticized his entire career because he had to carry a bad defense and no running game. Andrew Luck has 200 more pass attempts than Tony Romo this year wow. because he has to carry the entire team, and he can't do it.
3: Did Luck look bad today? I mean, the, numbers, the numbers don't look He good. did,
4: but the Colts dropped pass after pass after pass. He didn't have time to throw. He just never had a chance.
3: They, they ran up. the
2: ball 10 times.
3: I mean, when you're down that much, and you, when, when you get for one, one, yard. For one yard, you're not going to run it much. But we talked about it in the last podcast. They have not played well on offense since their bye week. That's, it's inarguable. Well, when, here's a stat. They haven't played well for six weeks on offense, and this is an offensive team. They were held under
4: 400 yards of offense one time before the week 10 bye, and they've only gone over
3: 400 one mm. time since. Before, we shouldn't bury the lead here. I mean, the Colts, I mean, the Cowboys, rather, were a team in the preseason we were mocking. They were in the, bottom the whole country was mocked. F- they were in the bottom five in a lot of our power rankings. This is a NFC East championship team. They have an outside chance at a bye. Tony Romo, this was the most Tony Romo 2014 game ever. Two incompletions and four touchdowns.
4: Tony Romo now leads the NFL in QBR and passer rating.
1: Mm. And I, I got a little carried away with myself on Twitter. I I, <laughs> no. I said this has been a very bad season <laughs> <Shocker>. <laughs> for the, the Tony Romo haters, which is undeniable. I also said he's the best Cowboys quarterback ever. And, you know, and Wes, you called me out about uh, about um, Roger Staubach, and that's fair. And, and Troy Aikman, you can make the claim. But I do want to say one thing about that, because, Wes, you are a big proponent of uh, a quarterback should be separate, separated from team success. Uh, but Staubach gets the benefit of those rings in the 70s, uh, and it gets put to his ledger as a reason why he's better. M- meanwhile, Romo has no rings, but he's been a statistically superior quarterback.
4: Well, it's, it's, even beyond the comp- era. Yeah, era. you can't Still. compare yeah. eras. Staubach's one of the six or seven best quarterbacks in NFL history. Romo's about 25th to 30th in NFL history.
2: Let's just say history did not begin before you were born. Or I started consciously watching football, so I think your disagree. statement is accurate. there are
4: there are smart football people
3: who tell you that Staubach the best quarterback in the, ever to play. Belichick would say something like that. He puts Staubach right near the top, but Romo's been a top five or six quarterback, and it's great. As much as I expected this Cowboys team to fold down the stretch because of their defense, their defense has been better. The playoffs aren't they more? They're more fun with. Tony Romo, great. and the yeah, Cowboys. I'm, yeah. I'm excited, and now I'm narrative. kind of flipping the whole other way. It's like now I want to see them do really well and go far because it's interesting. I want to see Romo do well because he's been unfairly maligned yeah. and just
4: piled on by people over the years.
2: And he will make up for the Q-rating vacuum that is Ryan Lindley. He's
1: <laughs> <laughs> not going to be started by playoff time, hopefully. <laughs> All right, moving on. So, yes, the Eagles are history after the Cowboys won, as are the New Orleans Saints, who were eliminated from playoff contention following a 30-14 loss to the Atlanta Falcons, who are alive and well. Uh, We'll get to the Falcons, but to me, this seems like a a Saints story on some level more than anything. Greg, where does the Saints team rank with the most disappointing in recent memory?
3: Well, they're by far the most disappointing team in the league this year, a team that half of this group thought was going to win the Super Bowl and everyone thought was a top five team in the NFL. This is the low point of low points. I mean, I know Bounty Gate was low, the Falcons, their are arch rivals, and it's a real rivalry living down there. They, it is. F- the fans legitimately hate the Falcons. The game ended with a defensive touchdown by the Falcons to sweep the season series to give them five straight – Home losses and to literally end their season and eliminate them to lose to this lousy Falcons team on a day where the Saints defense played well enough to win. It was the Saints offense that lost this game. Even how the
1: game ended, how humiliating for it to end on a walk off. It was Umenura walking into the end zone, like laughing, like that. Just what a disaster to lose five straight
2: in that building. I think also this is the first Sean Sean Payton coached team that is not well coached. I don't hmm. think they've been well coached on defense, and they're not responding to anything. Down I, w- the I
3: wonder, and I put it in my post. I just wonder if this is the team where something surprising happens in the off season with Sean Payton. I, I don't. I don't think they would ever want to fire Sean Payton. I just. I just feel like this is a combustible situation, and you might have a surprising story whether it's the right right after the season or even a couple weeks later. Who knows what jobs open up? I don't know. And, the Falcons have a chance to win this division by winning one game outside the division. Right, they're 5 and All 0. Oh right They're 5 and 0 in the division somehow. They they won a a shootout in the in week 1 and and then they won this one which is more of a defensive battle most of the game.
1: And Greg, you said that this game to you kind of represented a changing of the guard at the quarterback position in the NFC South.
3: Well, yeah, we we put it on our NFL Now uh three takeaways video if you want to check that out. Matt Ryan's the best quarterback in the division. I've thought he has been for most of the year. I think he's been underrated for how well he's played this year. He was definitely the best quarterback in this game. Makes better decisions, better deep throws. Julio Jones came out there, wasn't 100%, went over 100 yards, made a huge difference in the difference in the game.
2: Well, your NFC South winner is either going to be a Falcons team that lost 5 straight or a Panthers team during the season that lost 6. That is an outrage.
3: It's crazy. And I can't, for the first game all year, the Falcons had a pass rush. I don't know where it come from, what happened or what, but they had a pass rush. They lost Steven Jackson to injury. And I think that really helped them win this game because Devontae Freeman had a 31 yard touchdown and a huge third down conversion where he made two people miss. And Steven Jackson's not making those plays.
4: We've been saying this since the summer. Devontae Freeman's better than Bishop Sankey too.
3: I think, I think it could help them next week. If Jackson is out, it's, it's I hate saying that about a guy who's been great his whole career, but he's not helping this team.
1: I agree. Karate White also is a guy that hasn't been helping this
3: team. Yeah, he dropped a couple deep passes in this game, seemed to hurt them. I I really felt like they could have won by more. If you think about it, the Saints returned the opening kickoff 99 yards. If it wasn't for that play, this was all one-way traffic until the fourth quarter.
2: The other thing, the Falcons might win this division and then turn around and fire their coach. Probably will. Right. Think, think, even division, if, they if they win the division? I think so. So. I think that saves his
1: job. I, I think. Well, but
2: why, though? That would be a, that would be ill thinking. Oh, you won the fair. division with the worst team, the worst division in history? They, they, strong finish. That's what, how, what's wrong with Atlanta is, is not going to help them next season. That, I mean, they, that's
3: fair, but I, there's no way. It's hard to just imagine that after finishing the season fairly strong, if they do win the division next week. Would now. that
4: be unprecedented? Firing a playoff
2: coach? Well, Marty Schottenheimer got fired after going 14-2. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, okay. All
1: right, so the Falcons are alive in the NFC South, as are the Carolina Panthers, as we said, who remained in contention to repeat as division champs. That's never happened before in the South with a uh, 17-13 home win over the Cleveland Browns. Mark, it will come down to the Falcons versus Panthers for the South title on Sunday. What do you like? Let's start there.
2: Well, it's in Atlanta, and I think that makes the Falcons a tough out. What I like about the Panthers is the, the big X factor was you get Cam Newton back this week after the, the car accident. How is he going to look? He's going to be the way Tony Romo was in that Jacksonville Jaguars game in London where he looked like he was a man made out of wood. No, Newton looked <laughs> spry to me. The guy can move. He, he ran for like 65 yards in this game and killed Cleveland on the gaun- he, on the ground. He was smart when he decided to run. And, you know, they don't have the most prolific passing game, but he made plays through the air, too, that the Carolina uh, did did enough here to take care of a, a team that should have beaten, and they did.
3: Jonathan Stewart, your boy, Chris Wesseling, did this it again, great. 122 yards. He's looked good. The running game's been, I think, the key to their turnaround. I mean, they've won three straight here. They haven't looked great in it, but the running game's probably been the
4: constant. Shocking that they've won three straight since <laughs> Ron Rivera had his D'Angelo Williams taken away from him.
2: Well, it's almost like you say in Atlanta, maybe if they Steven Jackson out of the mix, you kind of clear up the situation, give someone else a chance. I think this team is better when they're not trying to give four different running backs carries. Just let, I let think the they it. better than, be Stewart. I think
4: they're better than the Falcons. They fixed their offensive line problem, which was their huge problem earlier in the year. And they've got Charles Johnson, who was not playing well earlier in the year, the last two weeks has been a demon. So I think... You've got Charles Johnson, and then you've got Keekley and Davis. Those will be the three de- de- best defensive players on the field next week.
2: Yeah, I mean, they had three sacks today. They had four quarterback hits. They, you know, you've got Manziel got hurt in the middle of the game. Hoyer came in, and they just they, they gave both of them a let's, ton of pressure. Let's
1: talk about the Browns a little bit Mark, because we know they were eliminated on Saturday, uh, so the game didn't mean anything necessarily. But we're getting into a, a tricky spot now for that organization that this went from a season with tons of promise uh, to a season where even if they didn't make the playoffs, it's still a, gr- a growth season. But now they've lost four in a row and they have one game left. They could p- conceivably go out on a five game losing streak. And Manziel has been, let's face it, a disaster now for two weeks. First game, you know, cost them the season. This week, he was doing nothing and then he got hurt, which then compounds some of the other fears about this guy that he doesn't have the body type to last in this league. So the Manziel situation has to be alarming to you, right?
2: Well, I mean, I think all those things, all those criticisms you just mentioned mentioned of him are are accurate and true after what we've seen. I mean, he he he's not he does just looks very small out there. He does not look like a pro quarterback, and he's not making up with it, making up for it with Russell Wilson type, you know, throw those stuff that Russell Wilson did what? as a rookie. We thought, oh, he's behind, beyond his years. Why here. isn't that
1: happening? Also, well, is I it something know. with the game plan, or is he not seeing the field the way he should?
2: I don't think it's easy for anyone to come into. the mix in mid-December where you've not played with these guys. I mean, Russell Wilson earned equal snaps early on in the summer. And they and he, from right away, became their starter and had a chance to grow. And they had to limit that offense with Russell Wilson out of the gate for weeks and weeks. With Manziel, I, even when Hoyer came in, and you can say what you want about him, they were able to play with tempo and pace. They used a little no-huddle. That's what, You know. You he, seemed happy. You, well, you seemed I'll like you they why, have a better because chance they actually, to win. They actually did have a better chance to win, and they moved the ball. I think Manziel, though, it, it's like they're in a precarious situation. You have this full-off season. Maybe that helps him, but also maybe you just don't have a quarterback, and that's mm. that's probably more the more the answer. Se- so I-
3: seven rushes for 16 yards in two games for Manziel. And for those that have asked, because I always get tweets on Sunday now,
1: Quiet Storm was not in the mix at no, all. I mean, he, the Last I, two weeks, I, you've been uh, basically you've accepted the fate that this isn't a playoff team. You seem to be just sitting back and letting it happen.
2: Well, I was on midway Saturday night. You find out they're not even in the contention. <laughs> and also, even if they were, it's like you ha- you come to grips with any bad team at some point. Mm. And this was probably a couple weeks ago. Right. This is not a playoff team.
3: It's tricky because there was a report this week and and. It's kind of an obvious report that they'll consider all possibilities, including you know taking a quarterback like That'd Mariota be, they should. first round. And, and it's just crazy to think about the ecstasy that was going on with Manziel. But just the way these two weeks have been, and if he doesn't play next week, it, it's a tough evaluation to just but count on him. The
2: one positive, a good front office doesn't want to stick with a bad decision for three seasons with the wrong quarterback. If it's not the guy, then bring in whatever competition you need to.
1: But also, I mean – It's it's too early. They they let him play too late Mm. in the season. So you can't. I feel like if they went and burned a first round pick on a quarterback, that's a mistake. Because once you decide on Manziel, you got to see it through a little bit. You, I mean, you could have the gut feeling the guy's going to stink, but that's too risky. People killed
2: Jimmy Johnson for taking you know Steve Walsh after drafting Aikman. He turned around and traded one of them for picks. You can't I mean, do that anymore, though. No, you can't do that. People value
4: draft picks a lot more now than they did in 1990.
2: But here's the thing. You can say we, they should wait, but if he goes out and he lays an egg to start next season, with the, the narrative would be, oh, Cleveland's front office didn't do That's enough to address this. That's why are in a tough spot, because they waited. Well,
1: wait in the season.
2: So I'd say take action. Really? Mm. You're
1: ready to move on from it? I'm then. not
2: moving on. I'm saying bring in competition. Don't just you do nothing. You got I mean, you,
1: yeah, you can't go with and, him and as a clear guy. And let
2: them battle it out.
4: I thought when I watched the game last week that Marvin Lewis – Got killed for that comment, but what stood out to me was the lack of size, that he had no throwing lanes whatsoever. It makes up for it with
1: nothing. Right. All right. We'll go back uh, to the NFC East where the Cowboys were able to clinch on Sunday because of what happened Saturday in Washington where the Redskins played spoiler in a 27-24 win over the Eagles. Chip Kelly's team was eliminated from playoff contention a day later. Wes, a promising season for the genius ends in disappointment. What happened? Eagles had 200 more yards than the
4: Redskins. They outplayed them, but a couple of mistakes. The the Mark Sanchez interception late was a killer, and he had a strip sack fumble early in the game. And this shouldn't be a surprise. The Eagles lead the NFL in interceptions thrown and fumbles lost this year. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that's on Sanchez, who had 13 turnovers in eight games, I believe.
3: Yeah, that was a tough one. I didn't think he played a terrible game. I mean, he had 374 yards. He didn't play a terrible game. He was accurate, but... When I watched them, so many of the things that frustrated me about Nick Foles, it's the exact same as Sanchez. Not just the, the timely turnovers, but Macklin said it after the game. He was running free, deep, against Washington a lot. And Sanchez took a lot of the checkdowns and the 10-yard pass instead of going deep. And when Macklin, your, your receiver, is calling you out for that, you know it's, you know it's happening.
4: Well, in Sanchez's defense, that stuff's all true, and that's how Ertz ends up with 15 catches. But <laughs> okay. Cody Parky misses yeah. two Right. really makeable field goals back-to-back in the third quarter that went took them from a lead to a deficit. And Bradley Fletcher, we've, we've been saying this all year, the guy gets toasted every week. Deshaun Jackson just toyed with him. They wouldn't give him safety help until late in the game.
2: Isn't this what we thought we would see much more often from the Redskins, which is Deshaun Jackson is such a game-changer that whether or not you've got Robert Griffin 3 playing lights out or not, they're going to make these plays downfield. And this is kind of, wait a minute, we waited 16 weeks to see what we were writing about in the offseason.
3: Jackson's been good for them. I mean, he's had mean, with a
2: combination of RG3, too. He's had had a nice season.
3: Griffin had a nice game. Solid. Not great. For him. He threw a couple pretty deep balls. For the most part, he was efficient. It reminded me of his rookie year because there was a couple of those plays where he puts the ball in the belly of the running back, pulls it back out, and then just throws that slain over the middle, and he's good at that. He can't run anymore, though.
4: I don't know what if it's – yeah. he, he changed – It's instinct – I mean, it's not just that he's not as fast. His instincts are weird. He, he doesn't know exactly where to run.
1: There was one run where he, he pulled it down, and it looked like he would have had a big gain. In 2012, he would have broke left and down the sideline for 70 yards. In this case, he broke in a little and then got down with an awkward slide. and He, just, he doesn't move in a fluid manner anymore, and, it, and like you're saying, it doesn't seem like he has a, a feeling of where he is on the field. But I, I I do agree. I think he made some gains in this game, so the Redskins probably are feeling a little better than they did two weeks ago. I think ago. they're
4: feeling a lot better because that's how much of a mess he was those two games before he got pulled. And he had at least had some composure this week. And Gruden did a good job of getting him clear looks down the field too.
3: Chip Kelly though said after the game, you know, he thought the cornerbacks could handle Jackson. You know, we thought he was the best option. Fletcher. You know, we didn't think we needed to send him the safety help. We thought they could cover. It was like, really? You know what? Chip Kelly bears some responsibility for this too. If he had Deshaun
4: Jackson on his roster, they're in the playoffs. Ja- Jackson has true. twelve catches of forty or more yards, which leads the NFL, and it's also the same number as the entire Eagles team. Well, and
2: we all we all talked to who's going to fill his shoes, and no, and the, no one really fills I mean, Riley his shoes. Riley Cooper
3: had a brutal season. Macklin's been great, but you need more than that. I I think maybe this isn't the worst thing ever for the Eagles. It really puts in laser focus that they need a quarterback and they need cornerbacks and they just need to do whatever they, they're not really that close to being a Super Bowl team yet. But you're right. But those are easily identifiable areas where they can improve. Right. If they get, if they get a secondary and they get a quarterback, I mean, it's easy to say that, but <laughs> they'd be pretty good.
1: I was going to ask Kay rich for her opinion, but it looks like she took off from behind the glass.
3: Oh. I'm sure she can't be feeling very well right now. No, she wanted to get out of here. <laughs> She she knew we were about to start talking about the Eagles. She That's bolted. true.
1: All right, let's move on uh, to the Detroit Lions, who clinched a playoff ber- berth when the Eagles lost on Saturday, and on Sunday Detroit managed to take care of Jimmy Clausen and the Bears in a 2014 win at Soldier Field. The Lions are now tw- 11 and four, uh, three and zero in this month, and in contention for a bye. Uh, to talk about the Detroit Lions, we got to talk to around the NFL's biggest Detroit Lions fan. He he lives in Chicago where the weather is cold, but this man turns his collar up and he flexes his muscles. He's Kevin Patrick coming at you. What's up, buddy? <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Wow, look at nice you with cold, your yeah. uh with your Lions team going to the playoffs. You got to be feeling pretty good about yourself.
3: Um yeah, it's good. It's good. I wish they could play better, but it's good. Yeah, it's tell- the second playoff team since 1999. Enjoy it. This is all you got cuz they're not going to win any when they get there. Ah, you said it. Not me. <laughs> so I mean, so that's I sense that the
1: and I don't know if this speaks for the entire fan base, but Lions fans maybe maybe it's a Matthew Stafford issue or this offense in general. You don't trust them in this game. Tell us a little about this game against the Bears because they won, but it was not a great resounding victory against the Bears team that was starting Jimmy Clausen.
5: No, it wasn't, and Stafford looked awful today. He had mm. two terrible picks in the red zone. Just two brutal throws, one miscommunication with Golden Tate. Couldn't get in any rhythm. The the running game looked good for the first time all year. Reggie Bush came back, played the whole first quarter, looked great. Uh, He finally added that that speed dimension that they've been missing. Joy Bell was benched for the first quarter, and he really took advantage of it. And I thought that 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 was the one bright spot, I think, looking toward the playoffs, that if they can get that one-two punch going, it could really help Stafford out.
2: I know I asked the guys downstairs that I'd look at Detroit not to completely echo what Greg said, but I just, I don't buy into them as a a multiple playoff (laughs) game winning threat, but what is it? What are they missing in your, in your eyes, Kevin?
5: Well, consistency on offense, Uh, Joe Lombardi hasn't really got much flack for the poor performance of the offense. It's always been some other reason. And they squeaked out these games with a fantastic defense. And so I think that's gone by the wayside. People haven't really complained about him, but he's, he, questionable play calling in a lot of spots, poor decision making. Uh, I don't really know what their offense is doing. Sometimes they have one of the best receivers in the game, and they don't look to him. And then, I, I mean, if it wasn't for Golden State, this team wouldn't be a playoff team. That's for sure.
3: That said, they literally are one game behind the best record in the NFL. It's like that. Right. That should get some credit for that, as, as much as we're talking. And I, it style points. They haven't looked good. Each. Week. I mean, they are eleven and four. It's pretty impressive that they've managed to pull that off.
4: I think this will be the first game I watch on Game Rewind because the couple of highlights I saw of Reggie Bush looked as electric as Reggie Bush has ever looked.
3: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Wow, that's saying something. And he he did. He he was really impressed in the in the especially in the beginning of the game. Uh, he had a, a dynamic uh, touchdown run for 16 yards, and you, I just didn't see it coming. The Bears, it's a, look, they do one thing decent on defense. It is uh, stop the run, but he just was running through arm tackles too, which you didn't see at all early in the year. Where's all the
1: defense? Where are we at with the weather in Chicago now, Patrick? Is it like 11 degrees with (laughs) a 7,000 degree uh, minus uh, wind chill? You know what? I'm going to
5: knock on a bunch of wood, but it hasn't even snowed accumulated yet. So, which is
1: exactly opposite of last year. I've I've heard everyone that that knows Chicago says that's a great place, but please avoid it from uh, about September until about July or something like that. It's like <laughs> a <laughs> absurdly <laughs> <Well, certainly laughs> large window to avoid it. But it's like in that little sweet spot, it's the best place in the world. For, you, for
5: your uh, cushy behind uh, living in L.A. for all these years, yeah.
1: I'm Pat- sure it will be brutal.
4: Patrick, I think we need a Jimmy Gla- Jimmy Clausen report here. And a Jake Cutler yeah.
3: pouting on the sideline report. <laughs> yeah,
5: that, we need that even more. That's, that was classic after the touchdown, just flashing. And you knew the camera was going to flash right to Jake Cutler. <laughs> Did he uh, have a cigarette? <laughs> to be fair to Jake Cutler, that's the face he looks when he throws a touchdown pass. So, <laughs> that's a good um, But Clawson, Clawson did what I think more than anything. It, it underscored everyone saying that the, the Bears should have kept McCown in the offseason because he didn't make the brutal mistake. He wasn't flashy. He completed 23 of 39, which was actually better than Stafford on his 39 passes, but only for 181 yards. And he was actually putting the ball in great spots. His wide receivers let him down a bunch, especially at the end. It's seven drop passes. But he just did what Mark Mm. Shussman wanted, play inside the confines of the offense, make the right reads. He made some brilliant checks at the line.
4: Oh, imagine that. Oh, wow. Imagine that, that doing doing what your coordinator asked you to do.
3: (laughs) And then averaging 4.6 yards per per throw. So that's great. Enjoy that. uh, Well,
5: like I said, if he didn't have a couple drops, that would have ballooned, and they probably would have won the game. The drops really killed him.
1: (laughs) All right, Kevin. I I don't
5: think it saves. Sorry. I was going to say, I don't think it saves Trustman's job, but it does kind of prove his point that maybe it wasn't just on him. It was kind of a lot on color.
1: All right, Kevin Patcher, I want you to have a Merry Christmas, my friend. You too, buddy. See you in 2015. Oh, see ya. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, we could Appreciate see him it.
3: next Sunday. That would still be this year. I don't know. Who knows about anything with time? <laughs> kind of
1: overrated. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, how weird is it that a few weeks back when we were talking about the playoff picture and we were thinking – Cowboys, Lions, Eagles. I think everyone kind of thought the Cowboys or the Lions would blow it. It's and true. yet they both get in, mm. and the Eagles are the ones that are out. The genius you fails. Were, you
3: were correct. Did Tell I call what you that? had? I don't know. I don't remember. 49ers? <laughs> no one had them, I guess.
2: <laughs> well, certainly take credit for that. If sure, you're, yeah. sure. Yeah,
1: I knew it all the time. The whole time. Let's move on. Actually, the ge- yeah, the genius fails. Thank you, TD. Beautiful work. You're welcome. Just to let you guys know, Dan was harassing me during the show. Like, hey, let's get that genius drop in there. I'm like, Dude. Uh, I know. It's like I, I asked very some, organic. No, this is. I'll, I'll read the done. screen. Got a genius drop. TD's response: Nah, had to take it off. <laughs> what does that even mean? Why? Why not just do it? I we talked about Chip Kelly. I have limited space By the way, on the sound drop This board, is me, guys. and then this is me. Quote harassing TD? Question mark. Like, Ooh. what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> nah, very, I took it off. That's very aggressive. <laughs> and then TD podcast. responds: Don't. Don't. <laughs> Shorthand. That's how we do it in oh. the production room. Shorthand. Wow. All right. Let's move to you the You guys AFC. need some couples counseling or yeah. something. To the AFC. Where the New England Patriots have clinched a first-round bye for an NFL record fifth consecutive year. I almost fell asleep reading that sentence. They did so with a 17-16 win over the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. Uh, this was a game where the Pats prevailed. Uh even though they managed just 231 yards of total offense, Rex Ryan's defense did a great job in this game. They, Brady was harassed into four sacks, never really got comfortable. Gronk had a touchdown, but it really didn't do much. Uh, and yet the Patriots did what they did. You know, when you, one team's 12-3 and three, and the other team's 3-12, and 12. if the game's going to come down to a couple of plays, you can figure out how it's going to go. And that's what happened. And, Greg, we were talking about this downstairs with the Jets. Uh, you were making the case that this Jets team, which is going to be either three and thirteen or four and twelve, is not a lot different than the eight and eight team. It's just a matter of what happened in these type of games. The Jets got swept by the Pats this year by a total of three points.
3: They were much worse than their record showed last year, and they're better than their record shows this year. This is seven losses by one score. People, the, Je- the Calvin Pryor said it best. He said, we're the best 3-12 and team in NFL history. I'm glad he finally though. did something the best. Put, put that on your T-shirt. And wear that around all offseason.
1: People forget that
3: they got blown out more than any team in the NFL last season. Right. That's my point is that they were never particularly good to begin with. They were very lucky to Maybe get the eight were, wins. They were two six, and 6-10 wins, but the right. way
1: it all broke down. Uh, yeah, and, and Rex deserved better this game because to be able to do that, I mean, they, th- these guys, the bargain basement cornerbacks that he's playing with, to be able to coach up this team to keep them in it, and Geno Smith um, – Geno Smith, the Geno coaster goes on hopefully not too much longer. i'm sick of talking about one this more guy. game, maybe, but he didn't play terribly in this game, but what what kills you with Geno Smith is it always does is the, he makes two two or three big mistakes a game, and when your team doesn't have a lot of firepower that 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 does it that usually does you in. He had an interception in the third quarter that led to the go ahead touchdown for the Patriots, and then in the fourth quarter uh, they they had a chance to kick a field goal. Uh To take the lead, and he takes a ten yard sack that makes a forty three yarder a fifty two yarder and they missed the kick, and that was it
2: but Dan I mean a year ago at this time, we were a week away from the eight and eight jets you know crying over themselves in the <laughs> locker room, and Woody Johnson announcing that Rex Ryan would be back, and it was this you know sweet moment, but you have to be almost thankful that the floor has just fallen out because you need the g m to go along with the coach. Well, yes. I mean,
1: what happened last week, 17, was a product of how much those players loved Rex. So I don't even like look at that as like an embarrassing moment in the franchise history. Rex is just beloved by everyone he coaches. But, yeah, it's time now. Greg said this was a lost season by holding on to Ryan. I kind of disagree. I thought... This was a a John Idzik joint that ruined this season. His inability
3: to put together a real a real. Well, roster. let's see. If he's still around next year, then you won't then agree with me. Well, well this, I don't think he'll be around next year.
1: This
4: game is just more evidence that the Jets are going to lose Rex Ryan, and someone else is going to get a great coach. Hmm. I don't know if I don't know if he's a great head coach, but he we know he's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. But do you
2: think that sometimes, like I feel with Rex Ryan, I couldn't agree more, and someone someone's going to get a good head coach? I think sooner than later. But that is the thing with New York came to an end.
3: Right, but he yeah. has he yeah, has I no he has no clue about half of the sport and the more important does half. John Fox. No, not necessarily. It doesn't mean he can't be in well, the right situation, be an okay head coach. But not only does he not have any clue, he's bad at hiring the right people to put in place, and then he doesn't interfere with them at all. So that, that's a problem. Give him a franchise quarterback. I was going to say, Fox is the perfect example why Rex can be a, a star head coach
1: in the future and be a Super Bowl-winning head coach. You just got to put him in that spot where a veteran quarterback that's an all-pro can lead the way on that side, and you can not worry about that. Let
2: Rex coach him up on D. Put him He'll on the Falcons. Fine. How did yeah. John Fox Tarkins do with, with Jimmy Clausen as his quarterback before right. going to Denver? Not too well, by the way.
3: Be- before we move on from this game, I know you guys think I'm an, you know, an uh, alarmist when it comes here to the Patriots. Here we go
1: again. Oh, uh, we let's to do wait, this let me, to let's play game. Let's, let's guess what Greg's going to say. we got to give the Patriots some
3: credit here. Five straight years. Is that about No, right? no,
1: no. It's going to no, be an
3: no, idiot. The
4: Bills can go into New England and <laughs> right. beat no, them No, no, no. It's not that either.
3: I like to look at what's actually happening based on rather than just results, and okay, they're the Patriots, assume they win. Their offense usually ends the season peaking. I don't think there's any denying that the last five weeks, they haven't played four weeks, they haven't played particularly well in offense. They didn't in Green Bay, they didn't in San Diego, they were dominated for a half in Miami, then had one good half, and then they got outgained here in New York. It's a team that always peaks late, and their offense really hasn't played very well for a So how about this? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> go
2: drop a 40-7 to nuclear bomb on the Bills I don't next care about the Bills. We'll the
3: Bills game didn't – I didn't even watch this game because this game didn't matter. They could lose, win, it doesn't matter. The playoffs matter. It but doesn't matter. It's not, matter. It, it's not a great sign they're not playing well down the road. You can't
4: raise that point without telling us why you think they're struggling.
3: Their offensive line isn't playing particularly well, and I still think it's a team that struggles to make Big plays. It's all on Gronk so much that that's it's tough to count on that week after. And week. Edelman wasn't in the lineup they today. Edelman, Edelman was yeah, out. That, that hurts. It's a condensed offense, you know. And if they're not protecting Brady like like you saw today, a team like the Jets can outgain you. That's all. All right. So you don't think it defensive about?
2: Well, I, mean, you no, gotta, ma- I think note subtext is major reasons for concern in New England.
4: <laughs> some some concerns. Major reasons for concern on your thirteen and three team. <laughs>
1: Five straight years though at the bye. That's insane.
2: Greg <laughs> is dancing. Greg
1: was so mad there. The Baltimore Ravens <laughs> came into Sunday's game against the Texans with a clean and clear playoff scenario. Spell out, win out, and punch your ticket. But they lose 25-13 uh, to the Texans in Houston. That complicates the issue. Now we got to get another man on the phone. He is Connor Orr from his New Jersey haunted mansion. How you doing, Connor?
3: No, oh, no, this is not a good sign. Have Oh, no. <laughs> Connor? The ghosts have taken over. <laughs> what is going I, on? I seriously
1: don't know where he is now. At this okay. Point. All right. Well, it's been abducted. That's not a good sign. Yeah. This, no. this While actually... TD tries to get Connor, there is a, a paranormal paranormal activity Hello? Sort of scenario. Hey, oh,
3: there he is. is! <laughs> He's alive.
1: <laughs> Connor, We're, do you need help?
3: There's
6: a ghost in here, man! You gotta watch out. I told you, it's crazy in
3: here. <laughs> Were you abducted? What What was going on? Maybe Maybe this is us just starting some sort of mystery that we play out over the whole off season. Serious that sounds well, really bad saying. i mean you
6: guys are the ones that started this ghost thing and I've never had a drop call now, all of a sudden all ah. the time in this house you know mm. connect
1: so. the dots so connor <laughs> the Ravens uh we've praised the ravens of being one, as one, one of the most balanced teams in the afc how did they not take care of business in this spot
6: i i mean you know if you lose both of your starting tackles uh, i mean that's a good way to start and then you're mm. playing JJ watt but i mean Romeo Cronell had a hell of a game plan. I mean, you know, he was taking away all the throwing lanes. He was throwing zero blitzes at Flacco all day, and, and Flacco just couldn't handle it. And, uh, you know, and then when you face Case Keenum, the machine, I mean, you know, <laughs> things, things are going to happen. So uh, that's, that's how you got the score you did today.
3: You were loving watching Case Keenum. Tell us about how a guy looked after just joining the team earlier this week.
6: That was so sarcastic. <laughs> it, it was it's stunning. I mean, he, he he was hunting on Monday, I think, like last week, and then uh, and then all of a sudden uh, they call 42 pass plays, You know, and uh, I mean, it was great. I thought, um, you know, the, the game plan. Bill O'Brien was letting him throw deep up 16 with 45 seconds left in the half. I mean, there was just no. Mm. concern you know for convention i think they you know it, it, he wasn't spectacular but i mean he didn't make a ton of mistakes and i think that's really all they needed to know i, know think I? Flacco was as bad as he was
3: because when you're bill o'brien you just got to let your case keenum
4: flag fly
3: <laughs> connor doesn't know but chris wesley was the biggest and really only case keenum <laughs> fan in the nation last year until i realized he couldn't handle a blitz there was a time where
1: West would just be rumbling on this bandwagon all by himself, and it almost looked like one of those ghost wagons <laughs> from the Old West. Um, by the way, uh, Connor was not joking, by the way. Uh, Case Keenum said after the game today that he was, last week this time, he was sitting in a tree, I guess waiting to <laughs> shoot some animal to death. I don't know. I guess that's what they do. <laughs> what right. else would you do if you're Case Keenum? I don't know. I never got the whole hunting thing. He's from Texas. I mean, uh, none shit. of these guys are great quarterbacks, but how does Ryan Lindley have a job at NFL and Case Keenum does not? Case at least has good body language. Oh, I'm you like, you, like the you body today. language.
4: Wow. But I don't think a quarterback with Case Keenum's arm is ever going to play for Bruce Arians.
1: Mm, fair enough. So what what else did you take out of this game, Connor?
6: Well, I mean, you know, I, I just can't. Uh, for someone who's been in the league as long as Flacco is, I, I was stunned at how poorly he handled zero blitzes, like, mm. like we talked about before. But, but also, I was stunned at... It took Gary Kubiak so long to just call a screen to sort of alleviate the pressure, and he ended up scoring on that that, that second touchdown to Torrey Smith. Um, but, I mean, you know, you wait until the fourth quarter to make that call. It was a little confusing to me, but, uh, you know, I think the Ravens did this to themselves. I mean, that, that game was wide open. Case Keenum wasn't driving them to touchdowns necessarily. Arian Foster threw a touchdown pass, so... um you know, it, this is a game that the Ravens could—they they could have beat Case Keenum and Johnny Manziel and walked into the playoffs. And now mm. they're not going to be able to do that.
2: You know what's scarier than uh, the mansion that you're in right now is the fact <laughs> that we talked to our NFL numbers people downstairs. Yes. <laughs> Bring the music up, and they basically said that there is still a mathematical chance—it's very much alive—that the Bengals and Texans. Could play a first-round playoff game.
3: That's right. I mean, the Texans are alive. Wes's here. ultimate nightmare. <laughs> no, that that would be
4: great. I love when well, JJ somebody's y- got to
1: win there, though. You have not been a Texans fan this year. You have what? not
4: taken them seriously. I have nothing against
1: the Texans. Well, you have not been. A f- you've never taken them seriously, <laughs> right? Because they haven't beaten
4: any good teams until today.
3: All they got to do—they need to win. They need a Chargers loss and they need a Ravens loss it's next week. And the Texans could get it. the Ravens, who blew this chance, now need the Chargers to lose next week. They need to win. And that's what would get him in. And talk about, what about Gary Kubiak? Not only does he get fired, but he comes back in with the better team and thinks he's the offensive coordinator of the year, and he walks in there and their running game just gets stuffed and they get sent out of there by Billy O'Brien. The moment was (laughs) too big.
1: By the way, Billy O'Brien, I know Bruce Arians is going to coach of the year. Nice little year for Billy O'Brien. Comes in, this team is in the mix in week 17, and not a lot of people picked this team to do anything with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Uh,
3: Connor, the by the fact way, but, that
6: this team is still in playoff contention is stunning. Yeah. Without their first round draft pick even, I mean it's it's ridiculous. It's true. But yeah, that's definitely a credit to him and Romeo.
1: Connor, by the way, um I do want to mention that you uh actually you know what? We'll get to that another week. I'm gonna tease this. I, I have a big Connor Orr bomb to drop, but I'm not ready to, to <laughs> drop it yet. I need to be prepared. T D and I have to talk about this. The I nation thought,
2: gripped okay. by Connor Orr news.
1: <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I thought Greg put the kibosh on bomb dropping. Uh, did you? <laughs> well, this well, this one this one should count. This one is a special one. All right. Connor yeah. or bombs should yeah. be fun. All right, Connor. Thank you, buddy. Have a uh, happy All holiday right, season. Guys. <laughs> All right. So the Ravens loss was particularly damaging because of what happened on Saturday. The San Diego Chargers overcame a 21-point deficit and a franchise record 355 rushing yards by the Niners in a wild 38-35 win in overtime. Chris Wesley. You watch this one from the office, and finally, at long last, fell in love with the team around the NFL, didn't you? No. Oh, damn it. Well, it was one of the wackiest games I've ever seen, though.
4: I don't know if I've ever seen a team just completely dominated to the point that the Chargers were missing tackles all over the field. They give up 355 rushing yards and win the game because the Chargers trusted their quarterback to make plays from the pocket, and the 49ers
3: didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of other reasons. Well, down the reason. stretch,
4: the 49ers were playing not to lose, and Colin Kaepernick ran out of bounds in a
3: four-minute drill. What a terrible play call that was. His game him.
4: management skills have been awful all year. He, he calls so many timeouts when the clock's running down.
3: That was crazy. There were so many times. This was the most miraculous result of the season. I think I don't know if it was the best game of the season. It was close. But I think it was the most exciting improbable finish of the season. I think this is number one. What was crazier than this? It was an incredible game.
2: Well, how often do you tell someone, oh, the 49ers are going to rush for 355 (laughs) yards, but they're not going to win this game?
3: There was a sequence in the third quarter where it looked like the 49ers scored a touchdown to go up three touchdowns, It was called back by penalty. The very next play, Kaepernick fumbled the ball and the Chargers scored a touchdown. I mean, the Chargers, the 49ers had so many chances to win, but the Chargers were also very lucky, but they were also very good. Two fourth downs with the season on the line, they hit them both. Eddie Royal with a diving catch. I mean, that's pretty close. Got to
4: give Rivers credit. In the fourth quarter, those two touchdown drives, he's leaning on Ronnie Brown, who was out of the league a few weeks ago, and Darnell Inman. An undrafted rookie who hadn't caught a pass all year before today's before that game.
3: And he's doing it with a bulging disc in his back. He had some broken ribs earlier. It was pretty I mean it was pretty classic. If you were a Chargers fan, obviously now you really want to win next it. week. But that was that was just a game to remember. Talking about a guy who played through an ACL tear. Right. I mean, of
4: course he's gonna play with a back injury.
2: Well we're also talking about a guy, you know, uh three of us in here have kids. He has seven children. <laughs> I don't even know how you can think straight when that's happening, much less go out and, you know, orchestrate a killer fourth quarter and overtime. There is a
1: chance because I know he's well compensated that each of those children have their own nanny. Just oh, so he's not. Shot. You're saying he's not right. you know, you're cooking
2: pr- 47 meals a That's day. That's true. And that you probably are putting
3: more sweat equity sometimes, into your kids.
1: Sometimes at the end of a long day here at the office, Sessler will will get up and he will turn down his laptop and be like, "All right, got to go home and I got to bathe the kids and feed them and put them to bed." Which I love to do, but if Job there were seven,
2: you're like a camp counselor at that point. I, I don't know what's happening. My <laughs> parents had seven. Yeah. yeah all right. right. Well,
1: let us inside. What happened in the Westling house on a daily basis?
4: Well, my mom was a stay-at-home mom until the youngest was. I think out of grade school, but, yeah, she was there every day. She would lock the doors in the summertime and not let us around. We'd have to go outside and play for basically all day. <laughs> come, well, we'd, go back, we'd come back inside for Kool-Aid and crackers right around noon. Uh, but then we'd just sit <laughs> back out a and play. Club, yeah. it's a good strategy. Then
2: go outside and play baseball the rest of the day. Would you all return? Would there always be seven that came back each night? We
4: always came back. Maybe with neighborhood kids in tow, but, yeah, we always came back.
1: That was a like, charming little look into West childhood. It really was
3: idyllic. Like Kool-Aid yeah. and crackers.
4: Kool-Aid and crackers.
3: That would keep me coming home. That's a nice that's, treat. that's
4: not an untrue story. She locked the doors. We were not allowed <laughs> in the house.
3: <laughs> do Let's... we do we feel guilty by the way? None of us uh, even picked the chargers in this you game I I think we're the game. Do we feel guilty? I'm, I'm angry about it. Falling
1: apart. I picked them last week and they burned me and then I had them this week. I switched off from act of cowardice. I thought Rivers was more hurt. than than it turned out he was. They they should have lost. They
3: should have lost. But But,
1: uh, let's give him credit. And by the way, this has been a a rough uh, team of ATL season, but this game, to me, kind of in a lot of ways, justifies our decision. This is a fun team. They don't quit. They're in the playoff mix. We could have done a lot worse than the Chargers. Well, what
2: more could we have asked for? We didn't want a Super Bowl-bound team with no drama. You knew that this was going to be a wild-card type scenario. I think we'd
3: want a team that had a winning record since we picked them, and they don't have that. Ah,
1: forget that. Don't be such a downer. <laughs> or we could have picked the Cardinals, like we said we should have, and then we would have been rooting for Ryan Lindley right now. No, thank we you. Pick the Steelers. Let's, I got a. Well, come on. They were never a nice fit, though. But they, you're right. You were right about them. Uh, TD. I got a ton of tweets. Ton of fire. Streets were talking about the San Diego Superchargers. So let's let it rip a little bit. San Diego Superchargers. San Diego Superchargers. Yeah, keep it rolling. Super
3: charge.
1: Your turn, Greg. Hit that ball setup.
0: Supercharge!
3: They, s- they said Chargers for each time they fell on a fumble in a huge spot in that game. <laughs> Taking four, shots at the team around four, the NFL. Four times. I'm just saying it was the most crazy fumble luck game I've ever
2: that seen. That just went past seven seconds. <laughs> this show now is, uh, owes four hundred and twenty thousand dollars to the city of San Diego. That, what,
3: how about uh, you know it, we're going to talk about the Tuck
1: game now? If we're going to talk about lucky fumbles and all that stuff. The, oh the heart
3: wants what the heart wants. The reality is none of us were now too into it. Now you're quoting Woody Allen. Sure, he's a great American. Well, Let's be
1: careful. At I least think he was talking about his filmmaker. Filmmaker. stepdaughter. Judge the like. art, not the artist. You know, <laughs> we don't know these players. I, I, was great I was wondering why Greg had that Bill Cosby plaque <laughs> in his cubicle. He, wow! Yikes! Why? What's wrong with that? Just keeping it real in the studio, right? <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Greg does love Bill
3: Cosby.
2: I don't know where I don't know where his stance is on Bill Cosby's career.
3: Here's your chance, Greg. I have no stance. <laughs> <laughs> anti-Cosby
1: pro Allen pro Allen is an American. Uh, the Buffalo bills were so close to playing a meaningful week 17 game for the first time in a long time. All they had to do was beat the Raiders, but they failed. The Raiders knocked the bills out of the playoff picture with a 26, 24 win at the black hole. Mark, how could Buffalo fall flat in a game of this
2: importance? You know, they just felt to me like they wanted to give this game away from the beginning. Kyle Orton we- starts. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. It, I am sorry. That's that's just what it looked like. It was like franchise. how how less urgent and motivated could you possibly be in this game? I I thought that the Raiders mm. looked like the better team. You know, they're three they're three and two over the last five games, and they've been a laughing stock and the the butt of jokes all year. But they looked like a, they looked like the better football team today with the better quarterback situation mm. and Latavius Murray. Best running back on the field today. Oakland's defense with Khalil Mack, very feisty. Khalil Mack was all over the place. Bills could not run the football, number one. 13 rushes for 13 yards. And when that happens to Buffalo, and you have to put it in Kyle Orton's hands, he threw two killer picks. His stats are a bit out of whack because he ended up with 329 yards, and they and they had a nice last-minute drive to get within a couple, two points of this thing. But Buffalo, to me... Big, big lost opportunity, number one. And you found out that when Marcel Darius was lost to injury, they were not the same defense. Mm. Oakland Oakland suddenly had its way running the ball. And Oakland had 100-plus yards for the fourth time all year. They've not been able to do that. It was a weird game. Is Jay Cutler a good fit for this team?
4: The, well, the not... Raiders
2: or
1: the Bills? The Bills.
2: No, I don't think so.
4: I don't think he's a good fit for any team unless the coaching staff there thinks they can get inside his head.
2: I agree, and I think that the one thing I want to avoid – is, is some latching on of Jake Cutler. Send him to the Titans. That's where he should go. Anywhere else, <laughs> it's like we're going to have to spend all offseason talking about the re-energized offense with Jake Cutler under center. Forget it. No, you don't bring Jake Cutler to Buffalo. That sounds like a mega disaster to me. And what's your big takeaway this week?
4: If you don't have a quarterback, you can't have nice things in the NFL. Well, and
2: it was actually the Orton game that kind of because the Bills were a sneaky little wild card entry here potentially. What a disappointment to go to Oakland and have your season well, well, when you could have been, been what happened in the door. Right,
1: you beat the Packers and then you lose to the Raiders. Right. Well, I think
2: they are one of those teams where their home field advantage is very, very. Sweet. Yeah, but they, they weren't. The they weren't
3: good at home this year. Everyone. Their defense was they, they, much better. Well,
2: they wouldn't have won in, that, in Green Bay. They sure, wouldn't have won that game.
3: That's fair. But they they didn't. They were good on the road for the most part. But this, I think, the margin for error is always going to be thin when Kyle Orton's your quarterback. Then again, a lot of teams go to the black hole to get executed this year. Call Tony. <laughs> a Tony, Tony Spurano is ending seasons. In the black hole. The the Chiefs go in there. Their whole season goes in a tailspin when they lose to the Raiders. The next one going in there pretty much ends the 49ers-Harbaugh era, and this one sending Bill's Nation crying uh, home tonight. And
1: let's give Tony Sperano (laughs) – let's appreciate Tony Sperano because we don't know – this could be the last time we see Tony Sperano win a game as a head coach. So let's enjoy it, and we—I think we Why? have.
4: Do we need to appreciate Tony <laughs> Sprano? <laughs>
1: because Tony Sprano's is awesome, and I'll tell. Uh, listen, appreciate it, and listen. You came out here and you fought when nobody thought you would
6: come out here and fight. Okay, nobody gave you that chance except the people in this room,
1: right here, the people in this room. Okay, it's a hell of a job. I'm proud of you guys.
3: I really am. Your character. Oh, what a guy! Yeah. How do you not root for buried the I didn't. I didn't know the microphone was there when I was giving you guys that pregame (laughs) speech I was going to say, how come we never get that? Isn't
4: isn't there some team in need of an (laughs) offensive line coach that you can go do that?
1: You know what, Wes? He's a nice little win for Tony Sperano. He's a blue-collar guy. A horrible coach. He wears sunglasses at all times. That's pretty cool.
3: Nobody gave Sessler a chance to write two posts in 20 minutes right after the games ended without any typos, but he did it. I don't know. I don't don't remember that. We need that, that. but that was pretty good. (laughs) Buried the ball. (laughs) That would be your version of the the speech, I see.
1: I'll miss I'll miss him because <laughs> I like I like his fiery speeches and his, and his demeanor. That's all, Wes. I don't know.
3: Maybe Mark Davis will go out with him after a, another win next week and just give him the job. <laughs> I can see that. Out.
2: Then you've got a Bay Area with <laughs> Jim Tom Sula, and this <laughs> and guy Joey's running the two teams in the Bay Area nightmare.
1: The Steelers are headed back to the playoffs after a twenty to twelve win over the Kansas City Chiefs at Heinz Field. Wes, you've been high on the Steelers all year. Down on Tony Sperano, but high in the Steelers. How encouraged are you that they seem to have gotten over that proclivity to shoot a revolver into their foot?
4: I think Steelers are a pretty good team, and I think if there's one new thing that they can take away from this game, it's that their defense is better than people thought. And the secondary is still a problem. But James Harrison has been a revelation since he was signed off the street. He missed the last two games and then came back today and was the best defensive player on the field in a game which included the NFL sack leader, Justin wow. Houston.
3: Well, and who was he matched up against?
4: Eric Fisher, Chiefs tackle. The
3: whole the whole game. A reminder that the number one pick from last year hasn't exactly been a great Harrison pick. was Awful. Harrison was great. Lawrence Timmons had a great game. Jason Worlds had a good hmm. game. Cameron
4: Hayward had a good game. The Steelers front seven showed up.
3: We and haven't seen anything out of this defense. Not even one uh, a game or two to get excited that maybe they're turning the corner. You're saying this is that game.
4: I, I'm saying if I was a Steelers fan, I would be very worried about my secondary. But if James Harrison and Timmons and Hayward and Worlds play like this on a week to week basis, you, you're in better shape than you thought you were a week ago. Hmm. I like it.
2: What a nosedive for the Chiefs down right. the stretch. They area. were
3: seven and three. That that Raiders game. I mean, I, I made a joke about it, but that really did mess up their whole season. Yeah.
2: I, I think
1: uh, none of us are really stunned, though, that the Chiefs are a team that fell out of the mix. But here, if right? you're
2: Kansas City, do you go into this offseason and say, this, the combination of Reed and Alex Smith, we want to do this again for a third season? Or do you have to start to look at the quarterback position? I mean, it's not just Alex Smith. I know he's had – Alex Smith is, is, I think, underappreciated. But what's the ceiling in Kansas City with this combination?
3: It's a fair question, but they're not changing anything. I mean, he's, he's their guy. I think you just need the defense to be dominant. You need more talent around Alex Smith, and that's your recipe. Just I agree the with the that. Weapons, too, right? They're you not get... out of it, either. We're talking like they're done. If they win next week, they need the Ravens to lose and the Texans to lose. It's very unlikely, but they are mathematically alive. Moving on. Pittsburgh's ooh, Pittsburgh's win eliminated the
1: Dolphins from playoff contention. They played anyway, and the rookie defensive end Terrence Faday, his I that think correct? that's his name. Blocked like the kind of punt for a safety with seconds remaining, propelling Miami to a 37-35 win over the Vikings. And the big news was after the game when Dolphins owner Stephen Ross announced Joe Feldman will return in 2015 for the final year of his contract.
3: <laughs>
1: Mark actually yawned. He as literally I yawned. It out. was
3: not on purpose. That was great. And uh, Wes, is
1: this the right move to keep Joe Feldman in the building? I don't
4: think any of us is excited that Joe Feldman is back, but I think if you're a Dolphins fan and you've watched Tannehill actually make some strides this year, you have to be kind of happy that Bill Lazor isn't going anywhere. And you don't want Tannehill starting over with a new offense. We talked about this in the last podcast, that this offense is really suited to his strengths, and he's not that dissimilar from the guy we just talked about, Alex Smith. Hmm. He's getting it done with short passes. They don't do anything down the field. He's a really good athlete and a good scrambler. But I think that's kind of the question Mark ask. is fair. That's kind of puts a ceiling on what your team can do in a season.
2: I think it's it's a it's a move, not so much about the head coach, but you're right. Tannehill and the consistency, and you don't want to put him into a whole new, you know, re-trigger the machine in the off season again. And they've done good things under Lazer, and there's reasons. Look at every, last year, everyone wanted Jason Garrett gone. And the year before, everyone wanted Jason Garrett gone. That's a good point. Well, You know, it's like maybe you need these coaches and quarterbacks need a little bit more time than you know society is willing to give them. Number one.
3: Well, the offense hasn't been the problem. The offense is overachieved, and the defense, which looked great for half a season, collapsed. And it wouldn't be shocking just because teams, when they're stuck in this rut, always feel like you have to make some change. That maybe they get a new defensive coordinator instead of Kevin Coyle.
4: Yeah, back to Tannehill real quick. This is how bad it's been for Dolphins fans over the past two decades. He became the first quarterback in uh, since Dan Marino to throw four touchdowns in a game. Wow. Wow. And had the second most yards of his career with three ninety six.
1: Wes, you're starting a franchise tomorrow. I'll give you Teddy Bridgewater or Ryan Tannehill, will you take it?
4: I, I think I'm Greg, I noticed today I don't know if he meant to make a bold statement, but he, sa- he basically said, I'm dumping Tannehill and going <laughs> in feet first with Bridgewater. <laughs> Wait, you kicked him out
3: of your stable, I boys? I didn't say that. There could be room for more than uh, one quarterback. I, I think you made a statement
4: that was similar to that, that you were on, if you had to choose, you would take Bridgewater. Well, you said,
3: uh, you said something about Bridgewater It was when they were ahead. Bridgewater's taking care of your boys the Dolphins, and I was saying Bridgewater's my boy. Yeah,
4: Bridgewater, I think the comparisons have been to Alex Smith and Andy Dalton, and I think he's a much better passer than those guys. And I kind of agree with Greg. If I'm starting a franchise, I'd probably take Bridgewater over Tannehill. I think he does the game management type stuff better, and he's better fundamentally. I don't don't think he's a – even though he's a rookie, I don't think he's a project like Tannehill is.
3: I think he has a better chance to to get to some sort of Drew Brees-ish – Obviously that Whoa. would be the highest seal. I'm just saying whatever the best possible guy with some limitations is gonna be that wins from the neck up, you know, maybe he's that guy.
1: When Ryan is lounging in the stable of boys, is Lauren ever around? Little yeah. Lauren's had a Yeah, lounge? the
3: whole family's invited. Oh well. The dogs too. Everyone can come over. It's well, a big
1: good, stable. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> it's a large stable. <laughs> got to work on that. I got to work. We got to work on the cave of sadness sound effects too. TD. Uh the Odell Beckham Show rolled on on Sunday. The rookie phenom torched the Rams for eight catches for 148 yards and two touches, and a 37-27 win for the Giants at the Edward Ashley Olsen Dome. Eli Manning <laughs> threw for 391 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, as the Giants rolled over that once-formidable Rams defense for 514 total yards. What happened to that Rams defense we were all excited about? A couple weeks ago, back-to-back shutouts. Now they get a half a thousand points dropped on them by the G-Men. That's what Odell Beckham does. Odell Beckham wins tight. Can't fight it. You cannot – anybody – that is fighting, I, I've noticed that it's out of control, like the hype, the way New York has embraced him and tried to make him a legend. But there's no fighting the product. He's production. a legend. This he guy, is a legend. He
3: has 1,000 yards in the last eight games. It's
1: amazing what he's doing. And there was a move, oh, my God, that, that he put on uh, TJ McDonald. Uh, not TJ. I was the safety baron. He did a, a move that just broke his ankles in half, like two compound fractures and just headed up the field and easily pulled in an 80-yard touchdown. There's like an 80-yard touchdown
2: every week with this guy.
1: And yet, Fessler's still yawning again. Oh, Mark, what is <laughs> now, now it feels rude.
2: <laughs> yeah, I apologize. It's not a reflection. I, 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 look at the jo- I look at the box <laughs> score. <laughs> the change it, of the subject. I was, just, I was you know, just joking around. If I were a fan, though, this is one of those days where you're just rolling because Eli Manning, 390 <laughs> yards, Andre Williams, 110, and not just Beckham, but Reuben Randall also had 132 yards.
3: Beckham reminds me of that that soliloquy that John Gruden had about Brett Favre, about how everyone that worked for Brett Favre, Brett Favre was responsible for a wing in his house and Brett Favre's responsible for this kid's college. I mean, Odell Beckham's going to be putting money in Eli Manning's pockets. He's going to be putting money in my pocket when my, my fantasy team wins this we week can. and all the other fantasy teams. Wait, Odell Beckham making win, people money. How would
1: you win money with your fantasy
3: team? Well, you can't do that, but you right. know what That's I say. You can win a way. limited amount. I,
1: by the way, this is a big, I call this conundrum week for Chris Wessling. <laughs> He's got Andy Dalton, the Bengals. they got to win a primetime game to get to the playoffs potentially so Wes can have his second Christmas. But he also knows, he Wes has been on the record saying that he would never go to the Hall of Fame ever in his life if Eli Manning ever went into the Hall of Fame got a bust you know what if Odell Beckham is as good as Chris Wessling says Beck, uh, Beckham's going to put Manning in the Hall. That's what I'm saying. I don't,
4: I don't have any doubt anymore that Eli Manning is going in the Hall of Fame and Odell Beckham's going to put him there. Whoa. Mm. Hubba, hubba. Odell, so go be, Odell Beckham is going to be for quarterbacks what Randy Moss was when he gave Culpepper, Jeff George, Randy Cunningham, Kerry Collins, all these guys the best seasons of their career. Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the best season of his career.
1: But, and uh, not to devolve into another Eli conversation, but you you can't just say because Beckham's there, he gets all the credit. Manning deserves credit for developing an instant report of the guy and then putting the ball in his hands. Manning's playing excellent football right now. Because he has Odell Beckham. Oh, come on. We're devolving. uh, Come on. Wes and I got bad. into a little argument about who the better athlete is between ODB LeBron and Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't even know who the last guy was. <laughs> <laughs> He's kidding. <laughs> well, Maybe. Bottom line: me and Wes disagreed on exactly what an athlete is, but I agree that ODB is a freaking man. It's crazy to see a non-quarterback produce time and time again with such flashy plays. Then, I
2: take from our producer TD. <laughs> I just, had a, I just had a hey. No, I we liked it. it. I we it. like it. Good it was stuff.
1: Good. It was good. Let's move on. The Packers clinched a playoff spot and stayed in contention for a first-round bye after a 23 win over the lifeless Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who stank. The win sets up Green Bay for a high-octane Week 17 showdown with the Lions to decide the NFC North. Uh, Mark, how confident are you that Green Bay wins the North, and did you learn anything from today's game?
2: I'm very confident. I mean, this, this game was just to check the box and move on. You know, Aaron Rodgers... He, he, was, he was ill, I think, in the week leading up. They said he was more ill than people realized, and he, and he tweaked his foot in the early on, and you thought, this might be a game where he is not himself. But by the end, 318 yards, threw a touchdown. The, the, here's the thing. They had, they had something like 268 yards, Green Bay, and, the, and Tampa Bay had zero. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it looked that bad. And it starts with the fact that Tampa Bay like Cleveland and other teams we talk about, potentially completely starting over again at quarterback. Josh McCown is a backup guy at very best. Mike Lennon, I think, that ship has sailed. They're going to have a high draft pick. I think they've got, to, they've got to think about what they're doing here. They have no identity on offense beyond Mike Evans. I mean, they just it, – Yeah, it we was, don't have to talk about the Bucks anymore. No, we don't. We but don't Green, Bay, Green Bay to me, it's, it, this was the game we've seen over and over. Like, you, know, you know, Randall Combs. Nelson, these guys blew up for a hundred yards each. I think this was there's the, no trap game potential here. They are took care of business. It took care of business, and yes, I think they're going to win the North, and I think they're going to be a very tough out. When you referenced
1: Aaron Rodgers as being ill before, was that urban slang or was he actually under the weather?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not urban slang. He was oh. he was he w- was physically dealing with a sickness. Oh.
3: The Bucks could blow their chance at the number one pick though. It's now looking yeah, like where it's, are we at there? It's down to them and the Titans. The Titans are in the one slot for now but it could change based on you know strength of schedule but the bucks host the saints next week that's a pretty winnable game against a team that that just feels like they've mailed, they could easily mail in the season and that game means more to the bucks
2: no, well, that would be pathetic, but I, coaches don't think <laughs> well, that they way. Lost 40 coaches don't think that way. They so. lost
3: 40-10 to 10 to the Panthers. So I'm just saying the Saints are capable of anything at this point.
4: Lest Packers fans think that they have some dominant defense because they had seven sacks and 12 quarterback hits today, we can assure you the Bucks have the worst offensive line in the NFL. This is no
2: surprise. By far.
1: All right, moving on. So the Packers take care of business, as we said. How about the Arizona Cardinals and Seattle Seahawks? Check in with them. Sunday Night Football. The big matchup to decide most likely who wins the West and the Seattle Seahawks. No contest. Take care of business. They romp Arizona, which uh, a team that I think a lot of us predicted were going to be lifeless A quarterback with Ryan Lindley back there and it worked out that way. Seattle really was never challenged in this game. Controlled the game even when it was close. You never thought that Arizona was in striking distance and then the Seahawks put it away in the second half with a big beast mode run, touchdown run, and then a Richard Sherman pick. So Seattle takes care of business. We've all thought this whole time that they were going to steal this division in the end, and it looks like that's going to happen. Thanks. Well, we,
4: we knew their defense has been playing really well, but it's time to give Russell Wilson some credit. He's been playing phenomenally over the last few weeks. We kind of had questions the few games before that, that their offense was random and
3: didn't have any structure, but now they're playing really well, and they're making big plays every week too. Right. It was a one-score game going into the fourth quarter, even though it never felt that close. But the impressive thing about Seattle, I think, the last three weeks is it's not just their defense. I mean, the Seahawks blew way past 500 yards of offense against this Cardinals defense, which is very good. And, you know, it was tough for this Cardinals defense because they knew they had to carry the team today. But Seattle went up and down the field. It wasn't like they had that tough of a time today moving the ball.
2: I think Seattle, it, it reminds me of when they, before the trade deadline, when they were making a play for Jordan Cameron and other tight ends out there. And Luke Wilson tonight, huge game. Two touchdowns. I think they've yeah. always wanted to have an active pass-catching tight end. They've had a lot of injuries at that position. Mm. He has. He looked good tonight.
4: I think Luke Wilson is one of the three or four fastest tight ends in the NFL, but I don't know that he's a guy they're going to count on every week to do something like this. They
3: just need someone, though, to step up and make a play or two. And Wilson is capable, I guess. Paul Richardson is starting to be a factor and he's going to need to be because Jermaine kerr got hurt in this game and might be out for a little bit.
1: Some wild swagger on display in Seattle, too. <laughs> I mean, this team is feeling good about itself. Near the end of the game, about five minutes to play. Russell Wilson scrambles, gives a nasty stiff arm, and walks into the end zone. And they cut to the sideline. Pete Carroll's cackling wildly. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch, who beast mode into the end zone 20 minutes earlier, is taking his cleats off on the bench. This team is rolling, and you feel bad for the Cardinals because they put in all this work all season and set themselves up but they just they, they just ran into like a freight train and you at a certain point you lose too many quarterbacks you don't have a chance
3: with well, the super bowl champions are the team to beat for the super bowl again right they're gonna need to beat the rams next week they should that would get them the one seed you know the cardinals i don't think we're done with this team drew stanton it sounds like we'll be back for the playoffs hold, hold on what
4: drew stanton not carson palmer
3: I know. I I'm just say, saying, is Drew, are the Cardinals capable of winning a playoff game with Drew Stanton? Yeah, I, but I they think need, they are. They, I don't yeah, know.
2: They need to be at home. On the home, road? Though. They need to be at home. Yeah, I think they well, need to be at Well, they're not going to be at I think home. They're well, done and I think That's they, not happening. We're, we're going to get a carbon copy of this to some lesser degree with Drew Stanton. I agree. I And I think mm.
1: the, NFC play, the NFC playoffs are going to take a while to really tighten up and be great, I think, because you're going to have that NFC South winner, blah. You're going to have this Cardinals right,
3: team, blah. There's a 50% chance the Cardinals will be playing against the NFC South winner. And I would feel much. Enough. better about their chances if they were playing in Arizona. Yeah, I would too. I'm just saying, could they beat a Dallas? Could they beat the you NFC South back, the winner? Maybe. You want to back Drew Stanton on the road in a playoff game? Did, I
4: don't know. I guess coming this, off a knee injury, this
3: team's shown us so much every week. They're 11 and four now. They had this stinker. We all expected it.
2: I just don't they think it means they're. it. you get over. to a point though where it's just like it's nice of you that you're saying that.
3: Thanks, buddy. <laughs> well, it's see. nice
4: of you two Arizona fans that you're saying your season isn't over yet.
1: <laughs> all right. So that is Sunday's NFL action and Saturday's. We covered that, too. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will
3: be back. When will we be back, by the way? We'll be back on Tuesday. We have a little different Christmas schedule this week. We're going to preview all the games on Tuesday. Okay, good. I one d- less show this week. I'll be know? in
1: New York, but I will try to have uh, some presence in the show if – if Greg will allow it to happen as the boss. Yes. Tyler. Well you'll be on an an airplane. I'm
3: gonna I'm gonna style my hair like Dan in the host chair. <laughs> so that's one way you'll be here. Uh Greg, happy Hanukkah. Yeah, we don't do that. But uh, okay. Uh Chris Wesley, That was
1: racist. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Thank you, Dan. Mark, Merry Christmas.
2: As to you, and I cannot wait to hear from you on Tuesday from your childhood bedroom.
1: I we celebrate
2: <laughs>
3: Christmas. Do you? Yeah. All right. Well, we're I doing didn't know that. Do that. Well, now you know. Don't we're gonna give we're gonna give some defensive. gifts, and we're not gonna be talking about Jesus or anything. But we're gonna give some gifts. <laughs> <laughs> you will be talking about Woody Allen, though. <laughs> <laughs> Might watch some. Why not? All right, that's it.
1: Uh, we're getting out of here. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the Mailman, the Boss, and TD behind the glass of law back there too. Good man. Just getting to know him. We <laughs> will talk to you this week.